Welcome to the Land of Etheria. Season 1, The Shattering. Episode 8, The Search for Paul. Once upon a time, in the land of Etheria, there was a Princess Nea and a Princess Lulu, and they went on the most amazing adventures. They just met the inventor and learned that the water in Sparlin was getting polluted and that they needed to find both Aquarian crystals in order to fix it. Luckily, their new friend Ola, with the purple crystal, was in the ogre town of Ubin, and they just needed to find Paul and his blue crystal. So Princess Nea, Princess Lulu, and Ola left Ubin and headed towards Prince Paul's hometown of Cedar Landing. However, on the way, they were surprised to see something flying in the air above them. Was it Ryla, the hawk? No, it was a dragon. But the dragon wasn't flying right. In fact, it was zigzagging and flailing all across the sky. Only to zigzag its way down right to the ground with a huge thud. Nea, Lulu, and Ola looked at each other a bit confused. Now the princesses, and even Ola, were actually not afraid of dragons. And although they had told the ogres that their castle was under attack by a dragon earlier, the shadow man had never told the princesses which dragon, let alone that he was friends with a very specific dragon named Scorch, that he was going to be pretending to attack the ogre village of Gosdor in order to help the princesses get their castle back. So the princesses had never actually met this dragon, who was, in fact, Scorch. We should check this out, Nea said. I think that dragon is injured. I hope he's okay, Lulu replied. And as the party ran through the field where the dragon fell, Ola was the first one to speak. That's an ogre spear on his side. They must have found him. They must be near. Nea jumped into action and pulled the spear out of the dragon's side, while Lulu pressed against the wound. As they did, the large beast cringed, but then turned its huge head to the side and gave their faces a lick with its big tongue. Then he gently shoved the two ladies aside and started licking the wound until it had stopped bleeding. Don't look now, princesses, but I think the ogres are coming, Ola warned. And with that, the dragon got on its hind legs, stepped in front of the group, and let out a huge roar that shook the earth. Roar! And a few ogres started running toward the dragon from out of the bushes. And when they saw him, they stopped, and their eyes widened. Scorch now fully mobile, went charging towards them through the field, lifting his head and taking a deep, long breath. Now, ogres, sensing the dragon's impending attack, attempted to harm the dragon by throwing spears and shooting arrows. But now that Scorch was in an open field, they had no protection against his fiery breath and quickly turned and ran back into the surrounding woods. Nea? Lulu and Ola, who all three were ready for battle, if it came to that, were astonished. None of them had ever experienced a dragon this close before. So when Scorch walked back, they weren't exactly sure what to do. 
the large beast circled him twice and then lowered his head. I've heard about this dragon, said Ola, looking under his left wing. This is Scorch, the protector. And hearing his name, the dragon lifted his nose in acknowledgement. Scorch, the protector, Princess Nea repeated. He sure is smooth, Princess Lulu said, petting his scaly skin. Scorch, the protector, Ola addressed the dragon. I am Olav Ubin, and this is Princess Nea and Princess Lulu of Sparland. Now, the way Ola introduced herself was quite odd for an ogre. Ogres don't often introduce themselves in terms of their cities or their villages, yet Ola did. Would you, kind dragon, take us to Cedar Landing? We are on an important quest and need to find Prince Paul quickly. Princess Nea and Lulu looked at each other, as they had never ridden a dragon before. But they both smiled, and they were excited at the chance. Scorch lowered his wing, and with a little trepidation, the girls mounted his back. He flapped his wings, and with that, the party was launched into the air towards Cedar Landing. When they arrived, they agreed that it would be best for Ola and Scorch to keep watch, while Nea and Lulu headed into the castle to find Prince Paul. When they got into the castle, Paul was nowhere to be found. However, his head advisor shared that he was in the barracks, practicing his sword fighting techniques. So the young ladies headed over. Upon entering the barracks, they found Paul wielding a large black blade and sword practicing with another helmeted soldier using a large spear. They could tell Paul, even though he was helmeted, but didn't recognize this other soldier. That's when they saw someone else around the perimeter of the ring. Tuck! They both yelled in unison. Upon seeing the young ladies, Tuck nodded, took a deep breath, and then addressed the two combatants in the ring. That is enough for today, he said. The two armored fighters ceased, and Paul took off his helmet. Princess of Alamia, it is time. You must head back to the sea and prepare the way. And with that, she nodded, looked at the two princesses, and disappeared out of the back exit. What's going on, Tuck? Paul asked. And Princess Nea and Princess Lulu walked up and explained what they had learned from the inventor about the water in Sparland. It is true, confirmed Tuck. This dirty water is just the beginning of Etheria's sickness. You must go now, and you must use the Aquarian crystals you have to heal the earth. And then he looked to the princesses. I presume you have found the other keeper? They both nodded in agreement. She's waiting with Scorch by the castle. Well done, Tuck said. Then go now. Hurry. We have not a moment to lose. There is much unrest in Etheria until we can restore the balance. And the three of them, Paul, Lulu, and Nea, hurried back to the dragon where Ola was waiting for them patiently, scribbling out a few more notes in her notebook. Prince Paul of Cedar Landing, Ola of Ubin, Nea introduced. And the two just looked at each other awkwardly, and then the two sisters, while Scorch lowered his wing once again for the group to mount his back. And before they knew it, the four adventurers were headed back to Sparland to figure out how to use these Aquarian crystals to heal the world. Only they didn't get very far until the wind started to pick up. 
throwing them around the sky like a pinball in a pinball machine. From side to side they flew, from one part of the sky to the other, until finally Scorch had to make an emergency exit, landing, if you will. And it was so chaotic, by the time he thudded to the ground, it threw all four of our characters into a nearby river. Splash! They were pretty resilient, though, our adventurers, and immediately they got out of the water, only to find that Scorch had injured his wing in the process and wouldn't be able to fly anymore. Well, can you walk, Scorch? asked Nea, realizing that they were actually almost back to Sparland by now. Once we get to Sparland, we can properly dress your wing and your wound. Scorch stressed out his neck and began thumping towards Sparland. Thump, thump, thump. Following the princesses as they led the way. And the team got back to Sparland just in time for dinner and sent word for the inventor so that they could plan their next adventure to make use of the Aquarian Crystals and somehow figure out how to heal the land of Etheria. The End The Land of Etheria is produced by a father-daughter team and made possible in part to its supporting fans. It's contributions from fans like you that keep the adventure going. If you enjoy The Land of Etheria and would like to see more episodes, please visit us at www.thelandofetheria.com and consider supporting the podcast. Thank you and have a great night.